Hallelujah. Father, thank you for a blessing in Jesus' name. Please be seated. All right. So what are we talking about? How to work hard for a mega church. Our general theme this morning is uh, church growth and hard work. How many of you have decided to go and work hard? Amen. How to work hard for a mega church. Number one, work hard by using the most fruitful working hours. Number two, work hard by spending a lot of time on the church. Number three, work hard by spending your energy and money on the church. Hallelujah. Work hard by spending your energy and money on the church. Everyone must realize that doing the work of the ministry involves spending a lot of energy. Do not be surprised if you get tired doing the work of a pastor. It is only a sign that you are working well. Most good jobs leave their employees exhausted. Do not be surprised if the ministry leaves you tired and worn out. Another thing that you will spend is money. Hallelujah. Does it not cost you money to go to work every day? Do you not spend money at work for lunch every day? It is the same thing with the work of ministry. Why should you complain if you have to pay money to travel to wait on the Lord? Why should you complain if you have to spend money buying books and CDs that you need? Make no mistake about it. Waiting on God Catching the anointing and revelation by the guidance of the Spirit is hard work. Praying, visiting, counseling, and interacting with people is hard work. As you do the work of God, you will spend your energy and money. When you begin to feel tired, just remember it is a sign that you are really working. Hallelujah. Hmm? So, let's spend energy. Let's get tired. Hallelujah. As we do the work. And let's spend money. Spend money to buy ministry materials. Yes. A pastor who wants to be successful... Your main thing that you need are ministry materials, books, gadgets, gadgets that will help you to create the necessary atmosphere. Now, there are so many gadgets that Satan has created to cause confusion in the world. We can also use them for the purpose of the ministry. What do you think? Eh? Yes. There's so much pornography on the internet. But right now, as we are having this conference, people across the world are watching because it's live on the internet. Yeah. So those of you who have been sleeping and open your mouth, they are seeing you 
you know, all over. <laughs> you didn't know, eh? Yeah. Those of you have been yawning. Somebody will send their WhatsApp. Ah, why were you yawning too much? Hallelujah. Books. If you come to my study, my study is like a bookshop. I have shelves all around. Four. Four. Those of you who have just come to Lighthouse, you can come to my study for tourist attraction. I will show you how we started this old CDs, the old packages, which we have packed tapes. Yeah? The manuals from which the books started to be made. I have them. Those days when the money was in millions, I would enter the bookshop and I'll walk away with one million worth of books, two million worth of books. And those of you who knew the millions, those days, a million was a lot of money. Do you understand that? As we have come and there are books, books on prayer, books on faith, books on church planting, books on growing the church, books on leadership, books on loyalty, how to defend what you are building. I expect you that you buy the books. You have to go packages. Even if you have to go hungry. Yes, the, the books will give you instruction. Hmm? Don't pass by the books to go and spend the money on food or shoes or clothing. What you can get from the books will give you so much shoes, so many shoes, and so many of everything that you don't even know what to do with them. Hallelujah. Eh? Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom. Wisdom. And wisdom is better than rubies. And than all the things that you can desire, you cannot compare it with it. And these books are wisdom, understanding, knowledge, instruction. What should I do? What should I do? Somebody has done it and it's explaining. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. So a pastor who wants to build a large church loves books. Christian material. Can I have an amen? amen. Traveling to conferences. Traveling. So you have to spend your money Pastors, is that okay? Eh? Yes. Travel to wait on God. Travel for pastors' conferences. Spend money to buy land for the church. Spend money to build for the church. Don't spend money on yourself first. Right here, you saw an example. Revenue Institute. 
Yeah. When I started coming here to preach for Bishop Patrick in the late 90s through the 2000s, most times when I came, I would travel to Boga to go and visit him. For years, he lived in a rented house as he was building the ministry. For years. Even when the church had advanced, he was still there. It is just recently that he built a house for himself. And wisdom is justified by her children. You can see that as he's living in his own house, he also has a huge church. <laughs> yes. Can I have an amen? Hmm? So do all these things before you think about personal prosperity. Number four, work hard by cheerfully doing the same things over and over. Work hard By doing the same things over and over. Now, just like any work, by nature, ministry work is also repetitive. You can be deceived to get bored. Because you have to wake up, you have to pray, study the scriptures, visit your people. Do outreaches, care for them. Is that also the same things over and over and over and over and over? Don't be tired. Do it cheerfully. Huh? Yes. Don't be bored. Don't say I'm tired of doing crusades. I've been doing crusades and doing crusades and doing crusades. Keep on. The, the profession that you have chosen, okay, that profession requires doing crusades, doing soul winning, visiting people, praying for people, praying yourself, studying the scriptures all the time until you die. Until you die. The day that you die, all these things, then you are resting. But before that time, that's what you have to do. Wow. I hear and go home. By nature, all work is repetitive and regular. If you are working hard, you do the repetitive and regular chores cheerfully. Even if you are bored, you must keep doing the work, praying, visiting, counseling, and interacting. Even if you are tired, you must keep doing the work, waiting on God, catching the anointing, catching revelation, and guidance. Yeah. Cheerfully. What does the work? Is that, not, is that not your work? Are you a footballer? Are you a boxer? No. The work that you have chosen, that is what you must be doing. Pastors get bored. Now, it is very easy for pastors to add some other things to the ministry. 
Yeah. And many pastors have given up the ministry. Okay. In fact, recently, perhaps some of you will have seen it. I didn't know about that man of God. An American man of God. With a huge church. I think 3,000 people. Yeah. It was on this, one of these videos on WhatsApp. He went to church on Sunday and said he had an announcement. He stood up and said he had an announcement. He said he has been in this church all right, all this, all these years. And he has given himself to building the church. And as he has been doing that, he's realized that he has become tired. And then also there are other things about his life that he's not been able to do. So he was announcing to the church that he was resigning. And now from that day, he was no more going to pastor the church. How many of you saw that video? Is there anybody who saw that video? You saw it? Yes. Somebody sent it to me. He walked away. And one of the reasons is that he's been doing the same things. You can easily walk away. But you see, let me show you the key to not walking away. How many of you want to know? The key. is for you to understand that what you are doing is a call. It's not a job. It's a divine call. To be called means to be specially chosen. To be given a special room. Special assignment. To be given a special privilege. To be called aside specially. To, give, to be given an office. By God. By God. By God. That's why you cannot walk away. The call to the ministry is different from the call to work at the bank, to work at a shop, you know. Do you understand it? Yeah. You don't own yourself. The call means you have now denied yourself. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Yeah. So why do you deny yourself? You can't say, you know, you, you, once you have responded to the call, you don't decide what to do with your life any longer. That's what Jesus told Peter in John 21. He said, when you are younger, you could do everything that you want, but now that you are you know, old, another will take your hand and lead you. And lead you on. Even to where you wouldn't want to go. Don't be tired. Don't give up. Don't exchange the call of God for any other thing. You cannot afford to do that. I said you cannot afford to do that. The call is different to enlistment to the army. In the army you can serve for 15 years and go out. 10 years and go out. 8 years and go out. The call is not like that. So, rise up. Shake yourself. Strengthen yourself one more time. Yes. And whatever it is, press through and press on. Amen? There are pastors who combine the ministry of business. So they do business and then they do the ministry. I'm talking about full-time pastors. Not lay pastors. Full-time pastors. And eventually, you see that they navigate more and more towards 
the business or towards an NGO work or towards something of the nature and gradually they shift more and more from the ministry. Keep on doing the same things. Keep on praying. Hello? A priest is consecrated to God. A priest, you have been set aside for the service of the Lord. That is what God told Moses. So call Aaron, call his sons. Do you understand it? And anoint them and put special garments on them so that they will stand in the priest's office and minister to me. Yes. Never dream if God has called into a ministry to become a taxi driver, a transport owner. Never dream. The call is a call. I said the call is a call. I said the call is a call. Give yourself to it. Do you get it? If you give yourself fully and wholly to the call, you have profit eventually. Paul told Timothy, meditate on these things. Give thyself wholly unto them and thy profiting shall appear unto all. Immediately you have a divided attention. That is it. One of the leadership principles that Bishop Dark teaches for the ministry is the principle, leadership principle, the principle of concentration. Being focused. Being focused. Dedicating yourself. Being committed to the thing that you are doing. Applying all your forces. Not having divided attention. Hello? Do not go to sleep in the ministry. The devil will score a go against you. When you are watching football, so that when they score, the commentators say the defenders went to sleep. He said the defenders went to sleep. Not that they were sleeping, all, but moment, momentarily they lost focus. So to work hard to build a mega church is that you are ready to cheerfully do the same things over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Now, even me, as I'm preaching these messages, do you see? It can easily become boring. Because I preach the same things everywhere I go. So you can easily, oh. But the word of God has power. It has not wane in its power. Hallelujah. I get what I'm saying. Yeah. So even though it's the same word, it still edifies, it still builds up, it still empowers, it still changes people, it still brings revelation, it still brings life into the life of people. And every time you even hear the same preaching again, there is still a certain depth that you go. 
and, and the same things, you understand it even a little more deeper. So you cannot be tired. And you cannot be bored. Say, I cannot be bored. Hallelujah. Hmm? Wow. Many pastors don't pray much because they feel it's repetitive and boring. But when prayer becomes your work, you will have to repeat your prayers and you will have to pray regularly. When visiting becomes your work, you will have to visit repeatedly and regularly. You can't say, I visited last week, so I won't visit this week. That is your work. Find somebody else to visit. That is your work. Yeah. Change the types of people that, the, the groups of people that you visit. Visit the converts on Mondays. Visit the baptism source on Tuesdays. Visit the older members on Wednesdays. Visit special members on Thursdays. The sick, the weak, those in prison, those as hospital. You have an endless chain of people in your church to visit. You can never be boring. And love what you do. Hello? Love what you do. Please stand to your feet. Hallelujah. I'll be ending soon. Hallelujah. Love it. One of the reasons why we, we can't pray much is because we don't love God. Prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is spending time with somebody that you love. That's prayer. That's prayer. One time, I was in the presence of the Lord. I had been there for a long time. And the Lord said, Thank you for coming to be with me. Thank you for coming to be with me. And he said, many of my people don't love to be with me. Another time the Lord told me, he said, have you seen the way you love to be with your wife? He said, it's the same way I want you to be with me. And it's true. When you are with your wife, and especially things are working, it's very nice. Very nice. You put one leg on her leg. Draw her closer. Because the women are softer. 
Your hand will be moving. Touching different things. You don't like to leave. Even when your children can, you sack them. What, what I, who is that? That is uh, John. What do you want? He said, school fees. Tell them tomorrow. Don't come here. Don't come here again. Do you hear that? Yeah. Even your own children will be sacked. Because you love where you are. When you love God. When you love God. I want to be where you are. Dwelling in your presence. At your table. Surrounded by your glory. In your presence. That's where I always want to be. I just want to be. I just want to be with you. Yes. So, your inability to love prayer and to go back to prayer is one of the signs that you don't love God. Watch this. Loving the ministry is different from loving God. Yeah. Many of us, we love the ministry, but we don't love the person who gave us the ministry. Yeah. But it is your love for the Lord that will help you to love the ministry even deeper. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Your love for me, alright, is, is what will help you to look after the sheep. And to do the work. Hallelujah. Hmm? Don't we do our circular work when we don't feel like it? Don't we all go to the same workplace repeatedly and regularly although we don't feel like it? In the same way, anyone who claims to be doing the work of the ministry must rise up and do the important task of a pastor regularly. We don't pray just because we feel like it. We pray because we have to. We must rise up early and cheerfully intercede for the people God has given to us. Whether we feel like it or not. Because it's our work. Number five. Work hard under an overseer. Amen? Amen? And let me add the next one. Work hard when you have no overseer. Amen. Titus 1, 4-5 To Titus, my true child, in a common faith, for this reason I left you in Crete, that you might set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. So in this case, you are under direction. All right? But in Galatians 1, 11 to 12, Paul said, For I would have you know, brethren, 
that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. So, you must learn how to work under an overseer and also learn when to work when you have no overseer. So, in Proverbs 6, the Bible says, go to the ant. Go to the ant. Who having no overseer knows when to gather his food. Yeah. So there's a time when we are told, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this in ministry. And there are times where there's nobody. This is something that I tell the Bible students all the time. That the reason why we are training, the essence of the training is that, you see, we are hoping that when you, you, you go, the introduction that we have given to you will set up your system in such a way that you know this is what I have to do. This is what I have to do. And not that we should continue to be there to tell you what you must do. So those who do well are the people who are like the ant. Who have no overseer but they know what to do. At most workplaces, people who work under supervision are paid very little. When your work has to be overseen by somebody else, you don't deserve much salary. Because your value is not so much. So you realize that the manager, you may think that he has nothing to do. He's just there. He asks you for information, something. He signs. You bring something. He signs one or two. But he's receiving a lot. Because you see, one mistake by that manager can collapse that whole business. But you, when you make a mistake, you will recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Are we here or we've gone home? Huh? Number seven. Work hard by working from your heart. Work hard by working from your heart. Philippians 2.20 For I have no man like-minded who naturally care for your state. There is nothing like doing a job from the bottom of your heart. Work for God until it becomes your second nature. Work for the Lord until it is a pleasure for you to work. Work for the Lord until you cannot distinguish between working and resting. Recently, a very senior minister of God, a founder of a denomination, a senior bishop, he asked Bishop Dag, you don't rest. So how do you rest? You don't. I see you moving. There are so many things that I hear you doing, I see you doing. 
So when do you rest? And one of our bishops answered the man and said, he likes what he's doing. He enjoys it. So when he's working, I can, even though he's working a lot, to him, it is also still relaxation, rest, and everything. Do, do you understand it? How many of you are realized that when you are doing something and you don't like it, it is too hard? Eh? Every two minutes you, you, you look at your watch. But you see, as I'm preaching, we can be here. You are tired. That's why I've made you to stand up. But I've been standing here since morning. And I started yesterday. But you are tired. I'm not tired at all. No. I have a lot more to say. But you are tired. And I don't feel it at all. You see who is tired. That's why we are going home. Ideally, we should be here because this conference tomorrow is finished. Ideally, we should just be here. But I know that you are, you are, you are, you are tired. So that's why I'm sending you home to rest and come. But I'm not tired. And for the last about two weeks, this is what I've been doing. Yeah. And from here, we are continuing Kumasi. I love it. I'm blessed to have something to share with you. And I hope that you are being blessed. Are you being blessed? So love it. Love the ministry. The ministry is the greatest thing ever that happened to you. When you love the ministry, you come to that conclusion. Yeah. In fact, in our church, Lighthouse, even our lay pastors, the ones who really are good lay pastors, eh, they enjoy the ministry more than what they do at work. Long before I became a full-time pastor, this one time I met um, Reverend Steve Mason. Now I was a full-time pastor, so I met him at a program. Then he's, he said to me, I am not surprised at all that you are a full-time pastor now. Then he explained. Because he used to be my patient with his pastors. He said, I remember every time I came to the consulting room. As you'll be talking to us, you'll be making calls. Have the people gathered? Is the camp coming on? Are the buses ready? Is everything okay? He said, you were always something about church, something about some program, something, you know. So even though, and it was true, it didn't happen just like that. Gradually, got to a point that, look, I'll just leave. I got to the point that as a doctor of a private hospital, I would sit down, look after a patient, I'll ask my nurse, are there any more patients at the reception? Most doctors would be very happy when they are, to, oh yeah, I was angry. Because I wanted to go. I wanted to let leave. I used to come to Tamale here and leave the clinic. Sometimes I could go for one month preaching around. My heart was in it. May God give you a heart for the ministry. Don't despise the ministry in your heart. Don't 
choose other things about the ministry in your heart. Some of you have chosen other things. Right now as we are standing there, other things mean more to you than the ministry. But Jesus said, do not cast your precious pearls to swans. So when God looks at you, I get what I'm saying. There's a message that uh, Richard Doug is preaching. I would like you to go and listen to it on the podcast. Huh? The sensitivities of the dove. And then on the wing of a dove, where he speaks about dove catches. That is, things that sort of interrupt the anointing from coming to you. They interrupt it. They prevent you from being anointed. They stop the anointing. So God wants to give you the anointing for a mega church. But when he looks at your heart, your heart is into something else. So he says, no, 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 no. Don't sit there. He tells the Holy Spirit, the dove, don't sit here. Don't sit here. Don't sit here. Don't sit here. Many years ago, one of our pastors, he was a doctor. He had a vision. And in the vision, he saw a hand with a huge bottle of oil. And the oil was going to be poured on his head. And just before it happened, a voice shouted, No, 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 stop. He's a doctor. Stop. He's a doctor. Yeah. If you anoint him, he will use it to go and sit in a consulting room. Now he's in full time ministry. He's a bishop. Powerful man of God. Wow. When the Lord looks at you in your heart and he sees that you love the ministry, you love him, you love the work, you love what you are doing. Why he has placed you, Baga, in the corner there, somewhere. Eh? Is it Lamle? What is the place of there? Hamle. In the corner somewhere. You are happy there. And the, and the few sheep that you have, you are like David. You are looking after them with all your heart. He will say, I want him to have more. I want him to have more. Hallelujah. Church growth. Church growth. Church growth. I can't hear you. Church growth. Hallelujah. Church growth and hard work. May the Lord help us to work hard. Lift up your hands and just begin to pray. Oh, yes. Lift up your hands. Shale moho kali mahaya. Mande ke se tere mo kabala mosila. Lift up your hands and pray and say, Lord, help me. Heal me from laziness. Help me to work hard with all my heart. Give me wisdom to work hard. Let me love what I'm doing. For in all labor there is profit. Lasike monde. Labarimo ho kapili mo kosi mahayande. 
Yandiri boho kasili bahaya. Come on, lift up your voice and pray. God is putting an anointing on you. God is putting an anointing on you. God is putting an anointing on you for the mega church. Receive the anointing for the mega church. Receive the anointing for the mega church. Receive wisdom. Receive the grace. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and pray. I see increase coming. I see growth. I see multiplication of the sheep. I see more branches. I see growth in your churches, in your ministry. In the name of Jesus. Ekalimo Jose. Cause our churches to grow, Lord. Now lift up your voice and ask God to cause your church to grow. Ask God, tell the Lord, please give me the increase. Lord, give me the increase. I have planted. Apollos has watered. But God gave the increase. But God gave the increase. But God gave the increase. In the name of Jesus. church growth, for the wisdom for church growth, for grace for church growth. Multiply the sheep, Lord. Bring the increase. Give us more sheep. Give us more churches. Give us more workers. Bless our lives, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. And you may be seated. Hallelujah. 